And we'll be in Matthew 17 this morning. Matthew 17. Last week we uh, concluded our sermon series on one. If you missed any of those sermons, I encourage you to go and listen to them. They are online. Uh, you can find them through our church Facebook page. Find links to them there. And I hope that you'll go back and listen if you missed any of those. Uh, there today, uh, we're going to be looking at Matthew 17 and Matthew 14, two different passages, and kind of going back and forth a little bit in these passages. Um, let's read starting in Matthew 17, starting in verse number 14. And the Bible says, And when they were come to the multitude, they came to a certain man, kneeling down to him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a uh, is lunatic and sore vexed. For oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. And I brought him to thy <clears throat> excuse me, I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then, the, then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? Verse 18, or excuse me, verse 20, And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. I want to focus in on that question the disciples asked in verse number 19. Why could not we? A man came with his son who was possessed by devils and he brought him to the disciples and said, cast out the devils for my son and the disciples couldn't do it. So then he found Jesus and Jesus did uh, remove the, the, the demon uh, from out of the boy. And the disciples asked Christ later, well, why couldn't we? This morning I want to look at this question, why can't I? Why can't I do the things that I want to do for Christ sometimes? What is hindering me from accomplishing great things? Why have I found it impossible, it seems, to do some things that I want to do for Christ? I want to impact the world for Christ, but I don't seem to be doing it. Why can't I? I want to look at that question this morning. Lord, I pray for your help. We surely need it. God, I pray as we look into this passage and other passages in Your Word, God, that through Your Word You will challenge us. Lord, that You will change us. God, that You will help us. Lord, I pray that as I present these verses that I would do it clearly, and Lord, that I would do it correctly. And I ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Have you ever been in that situation where you are thinking, I just wanted to do something for God? I was just trying to do what God wanted me to do. I was, I was trying to, uh, to do my part for God, but I just don't seem to be having any success. Why can't I? The disciples in the past had, had cast out devils. This wasn't the first time that this opportunity arose. They had been successful in casting out devils before, yet with this person they could not. And I think they ask a very good question to God. Why couldn't we? I think there's a lot of times in our lives where we go through and we, we wonder different things, but we never actually ask. <laughs> God, why, why couldn't I? 
Why didn't I? Why, why, why would you not allow it in this situation? And God's response to the disciples is a wonderful response, and it's an important response that applies to us in most cases today. He says, because of your unbelief. Now I ask you for a second, did the disciples not believe that devils could be cast out of people? Well, sure they believed that. They'd seen it before. This wasn't the first time. So what was their unbelief about? It wasn't that demons could be cast out. It was their unbelief that God and His power would be that which cast out the devil. It had nothing to do with the disciples as far as their abilities. Disciples cannot cast out demons. You and I cannot cast out demons. Only God can. And if God empowers you to do so, that's one thing. But on my own, and the disciples on their own, we must remember this, the disciples were just people. Just filthy, wicked, rotten people just like me and you. They were no different. They had jobs. Most of them left their jobs to follow Christ. But they were working people in all kinds of different aspects of life. Some were wealthier than others. Some were more successful than others. Some were more well-spoken than others. But at the end of the day, they were just people. And when this boy was brought to them and the father said, can you please cast out the devil from my son? They tried. But it appears they tried in their own power because they said, God, why couldn't we do it? And God says, because you can't do it. And you didn't believe that I was going to help you do it. It was your unbelief. Then he goes on to say, if you just have a little bit of faith, faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move. And the mountain will move. A lot of times we use that as a picture. Uh, the mountain in your life can be moved if you'll just have a little bit of faith. But I believe God was speaking literally. If you just have some faith, some belief, it says at the end of verse 20, nothing shall be impossible unto you. So when you ask the question, why can't I? I respond with God's word saying, because of your unbelief. And if you'll have a little bit of faith, the size of a mustard seed, nothing shall be impossible unto you. Faith or the lack thereof, we see it in both cases. And I'd like us to turn back a couple pages to Matthew 14. We've looked at this story before, Matthew 14 and verse 28. Here we see the story of, uh, of Christ walking on the water. And Peter seeing Christ walking on the water. Look in Matthew 14, verse 28. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? This is a few chapters before the instance we read first. So in time this happened before the instance where the father brought his son to the disciples and he asked them to cast out the devils and the disciples couldn't do it. And God says you couldn't do it because you didn't have enough faith. You believe not. 
again, it reminds me of it doesn't seem to matter how much we see of God, yet still we consistently doubt what God is capable of. You think of the disciples, they spent nearly every day with Christ. They saw people being healed. They saw people raised from the dead. They saw people with demons that were cast out. They saw all these miracles that God did. And yet still consistently they failed to, to remember what God was capable of. And they never had, and oftentimes did not have enough faith to do what God wanted them to do. It makes me feel a little bit better in my life when I don't have enough faith because I can just say, well, the disciples didn't either, so I'm not alone in this. It doesn't make it okay, but it does make me feel a little better. We all fail and we all make mistakes, but today I don't want to talk mainly about that negative side of it. I want us to look at what that little bit of faith can do. We ask the question, why can't I? Lord, uh, I've shared the gospel with my neighbors. Why can't I see them saved? Lord, I've, I've tried to help my coworkers. Why can't I have success? God, I've been faithful and followed you. I'm working the job that I believe you want me to be working. Why can't I seem to get promoted? Or why can't I seem to have the success that I've been looking for in my life? There's all kinds of different questions we ask of God and He responds with because thou believest not. And if you would have just had a little bit of faith the size of a mustard seed, nothing will be impossible unto you. I want us to see a couple things about faith this morning and we'll be done. Number one, faith asks God for the impossible. A lack of faith uses the past to try to accomplish the present. Faith Ask God for the impossible. We see in this story in Matthew 14, Peter, when he sees Christ walking on the water, and Christ says, fear not, it's I. And Peter said, if it is you, bid me to come. <clears throat> we don't read of any of the other disciples who were in the boat during this storm, seeing what they thought was a ghost walking on the water. We don't see a single other person saying, Lord, if it's you, let me walk on the water. We see one person, Peter. We like to bash Peter for his lack of faith because later in the story, he loses faith and he begins to sink into the water. But he did have enough faith to ask God for the impossible and he stepped out into the water. Oftentimes we say, well, God, I don't know if I have enough faith. And starting the church here, we were told, Oftentimes, and especially the early years of the church, we were told, boy, you guys sure have a lot of faith. And I would always respond with, we needed more than what we had. <laughs> we didn't have enough. Uh, we thought we had enough. Uh, then we started the church and realized, no, we need more. But you know, if you'll just have a little bit of faith, you'll be willing to ask God for the impossible. Peter he may not have had a lot of faith, but in his faith that he did have, he said, Lord, if it is you, would you let me come out and walk on the water with you? God says, with mustard seed faith, you can say to a mountain, move and it'll move. That's impossible. But God says, if you'll do that, if you'll have that faith, nothing will be impossible to you. The disciples in Matthew 17 said, God, why, why couldn't we cast out devils? Why couldn't we cast the demons out of this boy? 
And I and I now please understand I'm reading into it a little bit here, so if you don't agree with me, that's fine. But I believe that the disciples said we've done it before. Why couldn't we do it this time? We've done other great things. We've done other neat things. We've healed people. We've touched people and seen them where they couldn't walk and now they could walk and blind people who couldn't see and we touched them on the eyes and we said, uh, be healed and they were healed and, and they could see and we've seen demon-possessed people and we cast them out. We've done it before. Why couldn't we this time? God says, because it's not about what you've done in the past. It's about who you have helping you do it now. With a little bit of faith, will ask for the impossible. With a lack of faith, will depend on our past to try to accomplish our present. Oftentimes in the Christian life, we'll see uh, areas where God has helped us and <clears throat> we've had success or victory over sin or, or help in a relationship or we've been able to help other people and, and we think, well, well, it happened that one time, so it'll happen again. And, uh, and we, we kind of start to lean on ourselves and what we've done. And how great we were, how perfect of a Christian we were, how highly religious we are, all those kinds of things. And God says none of that matters if you have no faith. It goes much deeper than that, but, but at a simple level we need to understand that a little bit of faith will ask God for the impossible. And we saw Peter's little bit of faith said, bid me to come. I'm not a big fan of boats. Uh, actually, I don't mind the boats so much. It's the water that I'm not a big fan of. Uh, I'm okay with ponds. I'm okay with pools. But uh, lakes, oceans, that kind of stuff, uh, it's just not worth it to me uh, to get eaten by a fish. Uh, and so, so I try to stay out of those kinds of waters. If I was in the boat in a storm, number one, I'd be hanging on for dear life. Number two, if I saw someone walking on the water, my first reaction would not be, hey, can I walk on the water too? <laughs> right? Maybe my first reaction would be, Lord, if it's you, can you please stop the storm? Do you remember another time where the disciples are on the Sea of Galilee? And I believe it's the Sea of Galilee, and they got another storm, and, and Christ is asleep in the boat, and they said, you not care that we're going to die? Christ comes up, rebukes their faith, he rebukes the wind, the wind ceases, the storm stops. And that very well might be my first reaction. But it would not be, Lord, if it's you, let me walk on the water too. But Peter had enough faith to ask for the impossible. When you say, Lord, why can't I, whatever it is, I encourage you to add a little faith. Because with that, all things are possible. Number two, faith obeys. A lack of faith makes excuses. Faith obeys. A lack of faith makes excuses. Here in Matthew 14, we see in verse uh, 29, after Peter says, bid me to come, it says in verse 29, and he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he obeyed. Sometimes we say, God... If this is you, then let me do this. And God says, okay, do it. And we go, wait a second. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. I just needed you to say that. I, I don't need to actually do that. I know people who've said, Lord, if, if this is what you want from my life, uh, then I'll quit my job. And the Lord said, this is what I want for your life. And they go, wait, 
I probably shouldn't quit my job yet. <laughs> I should probably wait until you know, I see some, some results first. And we ask God to do the impossible, and God says, okay, do the impossible. Then we have to make the decision, are we going to step out of the boat? I don't know what Peter was thinking. It doesn't tell us here. I don't know if, if Peter, when he asked this question, I, I believe uh, he was bold in asking this question. I believe when Christ responded with come, he was bold and immediately obeying. I don't know if he tippy-toed out of the boat. You ever been to a pool for the first time? And you walk over and you dip your toe in to see how cold it is? Do I, do I want to jump in? Can I walk in? Is it too cold just to walk slowly in? i got to jump in all at once. Um, if you go to the ocean, the first thing, first thing I do if I go to the beach is I, you, know, you step out into the water and kind of see what the temperature is. I'm not going to go too far into it anyways because, again, there's fish out there that will eat you. Um, but uh, um, me and my wife, this is a good story. It has nothing to do with the sermon. Me and my wife were out. Uh, was that Daytona? I think we were out in Daytona back. Uh, Brett, our oldest, was, was still young. And we dropped him off at the in-law's house, and then we went over to the beach. And uh, we were out on some sandbar, a, a good ways out from the beach. And, uh, and I turned around, and I saw this creature. Um, I think it was at least six feet long. And it poked its nose out of the water, and it had whiskers. Um, we think it was a manatee, uh, looking back on it. But it poked its nose out of the water and breathed. And uh, the next thing I know, I was on the beach, and Katie was still swimming in. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like the bear thing is all you have to do is run faster than the other person with you and you survive. Same thing with sharks or anything else. You just got to beat the other people out of the water and you're fine. Um, Peter here, I don't know if he was timid or, or anything getting out of the boat. I don't know how, it, I don't know if he jumped out. I don't know how big the boat was, so I don't know if he had a, a ladder where he crawled down the side. I, I don't know, but I know this much he obeyed. And when we have a little bit of faith, we'll obey what God tells us to do. We read about Abraham and Isaac, I think one of the greatest stories of obedience because of faith in the Bible. Where God says, I want you to take your son, your only son, and sacrifice him. Kill him. And Abraham, we don't read anywhere in the Bible where Abraham questions God. He takes his son climbs up the mountain, and multiple times he refers to the fact that it's going to be okay. The servants say, uh, he tells the servants, stay here, me and my son will return. But God said to kill your son. I have faith that my son will return with me. They climb the mountain, and Isaac says, Dad, where's the sacrifice? What are we, what are we sacrificing? And Abraham said, Son, God will provide himself a sacrifice. I believe it's in Hebrews 11 that we read where Abraham had faith that he believed that, that Isaac, I believe that he was going to kill Isaac, but that God would raise him from the dead. That is ultimate obedience as a result of faith. He couldn't have done it otherwise. And having some faith, it is proof through obedience. Many Christians say, well, I have faith yet they're not obeying God. God says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now that's different than, 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 than faith and obedience, but I believe it's tied in with it as well. 
and we have so many Christians today, or at the very least so-called Christians today, who are saying, I have faith in God, yet nothing in their life proves it. Faith obeys. A lack of faith makes excuses. God says, I want you to give this. I'm so thankful for this church and your faithfulness and your willingness to listen to God. Our missions giving is up, I believe it's 70% this year over last year, the commitments. For two years, uh, well, it went down one year and I think stayed about even in another year. And, and it's, I believe we were obeying God still. I'm not, I'm not criticizing you for that. What God says, I want you to give, and sometimes we look at what God wants us to give, and we say, God, that's an awful lot of money. In case you haven't seen, my paycheck isn't very big. And God, what happens if I give this, and then somebody gets sick, and we've got to go to the doctor? Have you seen my deductible? Well, God, what happens if I total my car? Well, God, what happens if this comes up? Well, Christmas is just around the corner. If I give that, how will I be able to give good gifts? Faith obeys. God says, I want you to do this. If you have faith that God will take care of you, then do it. And you prove that faith through your obedience. Faith obeys. A lack of faith makes excuses. Number three. Number one, faith asks God for the impossible. Number two, faith obeys. Number three, faith depends on God and asks Him for help. Matthew 14, look in verse 30. But when he, Peter, saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Have you ever failed before? It's a rhetorical question. I know you have. <laughs> I'm your pastor. Uh, <laughs> I have too. We all have. Sometimes when we fail, we lose our faith in the fact that God still wants to help us. Peter had faith to walk on water. And he's walking on water, and as he has this, what I would consider to be great faith, walking on water, something catches his eye. It says that he notices the wind's boisterous. I would have noticed it before I got out of the boat, uh, but Peter noticed it now. Oh, wow, it's really windy out here. Oh, wow, those waves are really big. I don't know that when Peter got out, if he, would, if he had like a straight path to Christ, I've, I've, I've never been out on the water when it's stormy, but I've seen TV shows or movies or things like that. When, when the water's rough, it, there's not really a, just a path to walk. There's waves crashing and things going everywhere. And here Peter is walking, and then all of a sudden, he realizes this is really dangerous. And in that moment of fear... God has not given us the spirit of fear. In that moment of fear, Peter went, oh no, this is bad. And it says he began to sink. I don't think it was slow motion. I don't think it was quicksand kind of sinking. I believe the floor dropped out. 
He's on water, you know. <laughs> Splashes in. And as he is falling into the water now, as he has failed in his faith, as that's what happened, as he had failed in his faith that God is right here, I'm walking to him, he'll take care of me, he's already letting me walk on the water, I've got nothing to worry about, but he does worry, he does fear, and he falls and sinks into the water, and it says that as he beginning to sink, he cried saying what? Lord, save me. Faith knows who to ask. And when we need help, faith says, ask the person who can help. Even in his failure, Peter had enough faith to know who could help him. And sometimes, again, in our, in our failures, we, we are ashamed by it, and I think properly so. We're ashamed by it, but instead of going right to God saying, God, help me, we're like Adam and Eve and we try to hide from God. Have enough faith that when you fail, you'll know who still hears you and who will still help you. And Peter in his failure said, Lord, save me. And the Bible says, what a wonderful word. And immediately. That's, that's beautiful. Immediately. Faith asks God for the impossible. Faith obeys. Faith depends on Christ and asks Him for help. Number four, faith is enough for Christ. And immediately Jesus stretched forth His hand and caught Him. He's going to say here in verse 31, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? But He said it after He caught Him. You ever have the friend or maybe a parent who like to see you squirm a little bit before they actually helped you? <laughs> That's mean. Um, okay, the mama said, I told you not to do that. <laughs> it's like the, it's, I've never, I don't know anybody like this, but uh, the mom says, son, don't stick your hand in the electrical socket. Don't stick your finger in the electrical socket. And the kid starts to go over and, you know, most parents will say, don't do that. To imagine a parent going, well, he'll learn his lesson. <laughs> Most parents don't do that. I hope you don't. Um, but aren't there certain things where you see your child doing something and you say, well, this is going to be good for him. He's going to learn his lesson once and for all. I grew up around electrical fences that, you know, surrounded horse pastures. <laughs> I know one family. <laughs> don't do this I know one family was not mine I know one family took the kids out in the backyard where the electric fence was and said that right there will hurt you see and they touched their children to the fence yeah it doesn't kill you it's just a it's a good little zap um, their thought was well they'll now they'll never touch it because they know it hurts again I think I was a smart enough kid when you say that's gonna hurt you I didn't want to touch it but nonetheless uh, and I still haven't touched onions, so I don't know. Um, no, uh, it's an electric fence, and, and that'll hurt. Don't touch it. And there are some people who will, who will in thinking, well, I told them not to, and if they're going to do it anyways, well, fine, just let them do it. They'll learn their lesson. When Peter sunk in the water, Christ didn't go, seriously? You were just walking on the water. 
And he's sitting there splashing around, screaming for help. Come on, Peter. Why didn't you have any faith? Oh, now you're getting me wet. Thanks a lot, Peter. No, that's not what Christ did. Peter failed in his faith and he fell in the water and he said, I have enough faith to know who can help me. God help me. And immediately, Christ reached down and grabbed him, pulled him out of the water. Now he did tell him, Peter, seriously, you were literally just walking on the water. Why did you doubt? But he waited for that moment till after he helped him. Faith is enough for Christ. When you fail and you're ashamed, and again, if you've sinned, you should be ashamed of it, have enough faith to ask Christ for help and know that faith is enough for Christ. That He will reach down and He will help. Turn back to Matthew 17. Faith is an important part of a Christian's life. Faith is involved in many, many areas of a Christian life, including the first moment of a Christian's life. The Bible tells us in Ephesians, for by grace are you saved through faith. It's by God's grace that we are saved. It's when we place our faith in that grace. But oftentimes we, we go through life and we think, well, I hear these stories or I read these stories in the Bible of these people with great faith. I read through Hebrews 11 that we oftentimes call the Hall of Faith and we see different people that God has listed for us by faith, by faith, by faith. These people obeyed and they did this and they trusted God by faith, by faith, by faith. We say, boy, it would sure be neat to be someone who has a great faith like that. And the disciples here in Matthew 17 asked God a great question. And they said, Jesus, why could we not cast him out? And he said, it's because of your unbelief. You didn't have faith. If you'll just have a little bit of faith the size of a mustard seed, nothing shall be impossible unto you. So then the question comes back to this. Well, how do I get that faith? I've questioned this before, and I've shared it with our church. God says if you'll have faith the size of a mustard seed, nothing will be impossible to you. And then there are times in life where I'm thinking, this isn't working. And I have to ask myself, wait a second. Do I not even have faith the size of a mustard seed? How do I get faith? How do I get that, even that little bit of faith so that I can ask for the impossible, so that I can obey, so that when I fail, uh, I, I can still ask God for help. He says in verse 21 of Matthew 17, Howbeit this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. In this passage, we're talking about a demon-possessed boy. And I believe verse 21 is referring to that when it says, This kind goeth not out. This kind of demon, this kind of oppression, uh, this, this dark wickedness that has fell on this boy, it's powerful. I want to make sure we stay in context here. And God says, you didn't have faith. 
faith enough to cast out this demon. What you needed, the kind of faith that you needed for this, you're only going to get it by prayer and fasting. Now listen, this is important. We don't fast very much at all. Most Christians don't. If we do, it's usually for health reasons and not for spiritual reasons. Fasting is, and I want to word this simply but also correctly, I believe that fasting is an addition to prayer when there's a prayer that we are so burdened for. And we say, God, please see how serious I am or how desperate I am, how needful I am in this situation. I believe that when we ask God for the needs that we have and we are sincere about it, God hears us. But often in the Bible, we see times where there is prayer and fasting. We see it in Christ's own life. And it is an addition to prayer. It, I believe, and again, I want to say this simply and correctly, I believe it adds power to prayer. And I say that, again, I believe, we're not doing a study on fasting and we need to. We're not doing it today. So keep coming and we'll get to that. But fasting here, God says, there is such a need here. There is such a powerful wickedness here, and you didn't understand it. You didn't realize it. There's a, it's been going on forever, but in our country today, there is a powerful wickedness. And we can't just expect it to go away. And God's people have to get on their knees and beg God to bring revival to our country. It starts with me, it starts with you, and then from there it spreads. Sometimes we spend so much time and we ought to praying for the White House, we don't pray enough for ourselves. I'm not saying don't pray for the White House, but we say, God, bring revival to the White House. And God says, aren't you forgetting somebody? God, bring revival to me. And as I experience revival, bring it to my family. And as my family experiences revival, bring it to my church. And as my church experiences revival, bring it to my community. And as my community, to my state, uh, to my region, to my country, to my world. How do I get faith that changes things? How do I get faith that goes uh, and asks the impossible? That I, that how do I get faith that helps me to obey? How do I get faith that helps me to depend on Christ and ask for Him to, to help? God says the reason you don't have it is because you haven't truly wanted it. It comes by prayer and fasting. Now I'm not saying that you need to go out today if you say I've been struggling in my faith, I haven't had the kind of faith that I need to have, I haven't been obeying, I haven't been trusting, I've been worrying, I've been uh, uh, stressed out, I've been all these things. I haven't had the faith I'm supposed to have. So pastor, what you're telling me is I need to go and not eat for a week? No, that's not what I'm saying. But again, fasting proves uh, how, how desperate we want it. We start by asking. God says, if any of you lack faith, or lack wisdom, excuse me, if any of you lack wisdom, just ask, and I'll give it to you liberally. Well, to me, wisdom is somewhat included in faith, so I need to have the wisdom so that I can have the faith. And faith is, uh, again, is, it's two different things. The point is this, it is all tied together, but the point is this, you say, well, how can I get that faith? Well, you've got to want it, 
And you've got to ask for it. I can't have faith on my own. I'm not, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not wise enough just to have faith on my own. I need God's help to have it. So the disciples said, God, Christ, Jesus, why, why couldn't we do this? Because you believed not. Maybe you were trusting yourselves. Thinking about, well, I've done it before, so I should be able to do it again. Oftentimes, that's where preachers fall in. They've been preaching for a long time, and, and uh, they had a message they preached, and it went over really well. People responded to it. Maybe people were saved, or the Spirit just was a, was a unique meeting. They thought, boy, that was, a, that was great. And then they go somewhere else to preach, and they think, hey, that sermon went over really well. I'll just preach that one again. I'm not against repeating sermons, by the way. Pretty much any sermon is being repeated because we're not the first ones to come up with it. All right? But they go and they say, well, that sermon went over really well. I'll just preach it again. They preach it and nothing happens. I say, well, what happened? Because it wasn't the sermon that had the impact. It was God. And maybe the first time you preached it, you depended on God to do something through it. And the second time you preached it, you depended on it to do the work that only God can do. Faith asks God for the impossible. Just a little bit. Peter had more faith than any of the other disciples did that day on that boat. And more faith than I would have had. And just a little bit of faith asks God for the impossible. Faith obeys. Your faith is proven through your actions, through your obedience. Faith depends on Christ and ask Him for help. Even when we fail, have enough faith to say, God save me. God help me. God forgive me. God restore me. Faith depends on Christ and ask Him for help. Faith is enough for Christ. Christ says, I see your faith. And I'm here. Immediately reaching down and pulling us out of the water. How do I get the faith? You've got to want faith, first of all. Again, there's so many areas in the Christian life where they say, uh, I don't understand why I can't overcome this sin. It's because you don't want to. I don't understand why I can't share the gospel. It's because you don't want to. I don't understand why I can't lead my home the way I, I think it's supposed to be led. It's because you don't want to. It starts there. Then with that comes faith. Okay, God, only you can help me to do these things. And I'm asking you, God, help me. Faith is enough. We just need a little bit. I don't know how much you have today, but you just need a little bit. And hopefully over time, and as we mature spiritually, it grows. But today, don't think that you've got to have massive amounts of faith. Understand that we just need some. Don't compare yourself to the people in the Bible. As far as, well, I'm never going to have that much faith, so I guess I should just give up. Don't do that. Just have some faith. 
Lord, I pray for your help this morning. I pray that you would help us to be what we ought to be. Lord, I pray that you would give us the, the, the seed of faith that we need. God, we should be able to have it just by seeing what you've done. You've given us your word that we can read and study. And I believe that if we are faithful to do so, our faith will grow. But God, I pray that you'd help us to have enough faith to ask for the impossible. Lord, that when we stand in our lives and we ask, our, ask you, why, why can't I? And God says, well, with my help you can, but you've got to have a little faith. Lord, give us faith that will help us to ask for the impossible. God, give us faith that will obey you when you tell us to step out of the boat, Lord, that we will. Help us to obey you. Things that you've given us in your word that we know we're not supposed to do, but we still have it in our lives. God, give us enough faith to obey you and get those things out. God, help us to have enough faith to depend on you and ask you for help. In our darkest moments and our failures, God, help us to not run from you, but to, to run to you and to cry out for help. God, thank you that our faith is enough for you. That even though you may be disappointed in our actions, and God, when we call to you, you are there immediately to help us. And God, that you are always faithful to forgive us and to restore us into the relationship that you want us to have. God, help us to desire faith. Lord, help us to ask you for more faith. Help us to do what is necessary to be what you want us to be. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning, we're not going to have a traditional invitation. But I just want to ask you this. Where is your faith? How much faith do you have? Is it a mustard seed faith? Hey, that'll move mountains. You say, well, my faith isn't moving mountains. <laughs> Ask God for more. And when God speaks to you, obey. And when you fail, call out to God. It's enough. If you're here this morning and you're, you've never placed your faith in Christ, you, you, you're not saved, you're not a Christian, you'd say, if I were to die today, I, I don't even know that I'd go to heaven. Today, we'd love to help you with that. We'd love to talk with you about that after the service. Feel free to come and ask myself. I'd be happy to show you from the Bible what it says about how you can know for certain that heaven can be your eternal home. If you are saved today, and you're sitting there going, I don't have faith to step out of the boat, but I want it. Would you just ask God for it? When our service is done, if you want someone to pray with you, I'd be happy to do so. Do business with God. You can do it right now. You don't have to, to verbalize it. You can do it in your heart, in your mind. Ask God to help you, to give you the faith that you should have. Faith, ask God for the impossible. What have you not asked God for? Faith obeys. When God responds, step out of the boat and depend on Christ and ask Him for help. Lord, help us. In any area you've spoken to us today, Lord, I pray that you'd grow us, challenge us, uh, strengthen us. Lord, grow our faith and make us, develop us into the people and into the church that you want us to be. And God, we will give you all the honor and all the glory for it. 
We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you for your good attention this morning. Uh, we do have 